Welcome to another episode of Heated Conversations. I'm excited that you all tuned in to another episode. I'm super excited to talk to this coach. And the reason why I say coach is because this coach used to be a head coach at the University of Wisconsin Stout and now has transitioned into a different coaching uh, role. Super excited for her to share about her story. Um, welcome to Heated Conversations, Rebecca Becky Bolio. Welcome, Becky. How are you? Hi, Petey. It's good to be on here and see you and chat. Yes. So just to kind of let the viewers know, um, you and I kind of go back. I remember back in 2000, must have been 2015, I think that was the first time I ever got a offer to coach gymnastics. And you were the first one to offer me a position to coach gymnastics. Um, and I was super honored to be able to be um, considered in that position. At the time, I was coaching high school gymnastics, and I was a high school um, football coach and track coach. And I had been doing your camp probably for two or three years, being my crazy, silly self. And in our time <laughs> building a relationship, um, you know, having that opportunity to. Um, and at first, I didn't, um, I didn't take the position, you know, because I was in a transition in regards to my life and trying to get myself, quote unquote, back in order just because of things with school and trying to make sure that I was putting myself together and kind of even establishing myself. I had just finished my second year as a head coach of a gymnastics high school program. And so um, that kind of was part of the way that I kind of started getting into college. And it was at your camp that I met Natalie, which ended up being when I started um, and how I started. So I appreciate our relationship in regards to that and um, to be able to have it last all this time, um, even to this day. So uh, thank you again for being a part of this and being a part of my my story and my journey. Um, I'm excited to share one day with all you guys a um, little bit more of my journey and how I kind of got to where I am now. But going back to you, Becky. So Becky, talk about your time at UW Stout and being the head coach of that program. Yeah, I started there when I was 26 years old. Uh, I had reached out to the athletic director. At the time we lived, my husband and I lived in Maui, Hawaii, and I was a school psychologist on the island of Maui. And I coached club level nines and tens at Maui Gymnastics Academy at night. And uh, we wanted to move back near family and bought land to build a house. And I had reached out to the athletic director, but uh, started there when I was 26 years old and there were nine gymnasts on the team. I was the third head coach in three years. Uh, and our record was 0 and 20. Wow. And so uh, at the time, and we lost every meet by five points, wasn't even close. Oh, um, so we knew it was really about like making individual goals and uh, just trying to support the girls and the athletes achieving those. And if and when they did that, that would also help the team get better and, and improve. And um, so we uh, at the time had to make our wins a lot more than the scoreboard. Um, but that was kind of the start of it to, gosh, 18 years later, um, what a journey it's been. Yeah. So kind of talk about your story in regards to what kind of motivated you to be able to, to become a coach. Was that your 
dream as a child? Were you a gymnast yourself? And if you were a gymnast, was that one of your dreams to, hey, I want to one day be a coach of either a club or as you've already have been a head coach of a university? Uh, I think it was like my junior year of college. I wasn't really sure what I wanted to do. And I thought there were like five different things that I would like doing. You know, one was actually I started in uh, wanting to be an occupational therapist. But, um, you know, I didn't do so well in bio 312 anatomy and physiology and realized that wasn't my greatest gift. I took it twice. Oh, nice. (laughs) (laughs) Um, No, but then kind of figured out there's like several things that I thought that I would enjoy doing, one of which was being a college coach, um, you know, a psychologist working in the schools. Uh, You know, even at the time I had thought an athletic director, you know, something in in those kind of fields, uh, real estate being a realtor is, is something else that, um, I don't know, that we've done a little bit of on the side, flipping homes. So I think that there were several things that I thought that I would be um, happy doing or felt like were my gifts. And uh, this, this happened and fell in my lap. I would say during graduate school, I I got to be an assistant coach under Barb Gibson. uh, And she was the WIAC. Wisconsin Intercollegiate Athletic Conference all century coach so um, I just learned so much from her and got to be an assistant coach at GA under her for two years and so then I I do believe it became like more of my dream yeah yeah very cool now starting off being a head coach um, at the University of Wisconsin Stout what were some of the things that kind of Like, what were some of the things that you wanted to establish um, within the program? And where was the program at when you were, when you first took, um, like, really the leadership of that program? Yeah, Um, at first, I would say that my focus was, uh, like, recruiting hard and bringing in a lot of really good athletes. And um, so we did, you know, my first recruiting class. Uh, happened to include Megan Hargens, who was a 12-time All-American. She made NCAA Division I regionals twice uh, and the national bar champion. Um, And then my second recruiting class included Naomi Delara and some other awesome young women, right? My second recruiting class included Naomi Delara um, from Maui, Hawaii. I I coached her there, Um, but she was a four-time national champion, still holds a school record on balance beam with a 9.85. So I think at first, to be honest, Petey, it was about like just recruiting and bringing in awesome athletes. Yeah. And um, as a young coach, I didn't know and uh, it took me a while to figure out. But, um, you know, if there was just something going on within the team dynamic, I um, swept it under the rug yeah. and I, I stayed out of it. And I think that that hurt some of our early teams, but it's something that I figured out later. Yeah. That, um, sweeping it under the rug never works. And just like trying to help and model and walk through, you know, conflict together respectfully. And we can do that. Right. No. And how did you handle that? Like as a young coach, you know, and this may be a, a, a question that could expose, but I think we all go through times where we're growing and sometimes we just don't know what we don't know. And we have to 
experience them in order to have an opportunity to grow and to learn and to ask questions or to be able to be um, experienced enough for later if you ever get anything like that to know like, okay, this is how I should handle this. So how did you handle some of those things that you talked about um, where there was conflicts within the team early on in your coaching career? So early on, I uh, didn't handle them. I swept it on the rug and I stayed out of it. And um, unfortunately, you know, at times, then the team wasn't as cohesive and the athletes didn't get to experience uh, that kind of synergy and chemistry and championship culture that's up here. Um, because I swept it under the rug, I didn't handle it. Uh, and so um, I, I think they became bigger. Yeah. yeah, and those were some of my early teams. And what year did you remember the transition of you going from sweeping some of those things under the rug to actually addressing it and helping the team be able to be better? That's a good question. And I don't, um, I can't really tell you when exactly that happened. I think probably somewhere between 2011 and 2015. So I, I think it took me probably five to six-ish years to kind of figure that out, right? And all out of love and no judgment, um, but just that uh, if these athletes deserve being able to like walk into a gym and feel that positive synergy chemistry in the air, um, that's, in my opinion, how you get there. Yeah. Is to have some of those hard conversations and, and, and try to model that and walk through that, you know, with them. Yeah. And for them. Right. So talk about what it looked like once you started to implement these things to be able to create those uh, energy and synergy between your teams and the personnel and your staff. What did that start to look like in your more recent teams or the times when you transitioned to doing that and addressing those things to the point of when you decided to transition to what we're going to talk about later? Yeah. Um, so I think it depended on the situation, but sometimes it would be encouraging the team to walk through that, you know, whether it's with, with a leader on the team, but, you know, to have some of those conversations. Um, other times it might be that a couple of us come in the office and then, and then really like, almost like I'm a mediator and, um, okay, and what did you hear her say? And let's, uh, summarize it and repeat it back. And, you know, how'd you feel in that? And really just trying to use like, I feel statements rather than like, you're this or you're that, and that's criticism and that that's not necessarily helpful. And, um, so I think just trying to, help them hear each other or for me to hear them. You know, sometimes um, I needed to listen and I needed to hear them more. So just, just leaning into hard conversations. Um, a couple of our teams did things like have an honesty hour and, and they tried to do it with that type of mindset, like more of a listening session. Um, so they did, but uh, actually one of our national champions recently, Michaela Boogie, um, she said this, and it meant a lot to me, but if there's something that a leader on your team or a captain on your team isn't doing that you wish that they would, go do that thing yourself. Go do it. So um, just, and, and I think really like reminding them that, um, you know, to hold each, like hold each other to high standards because they're worthy of that. 
like they're worthy of that and that's out of like love and care for them so they they did you know they they have yeah right no i think you know telling people the truth about who they are and what they're capable of is super important i had talked about that in our last podcast um with um bray um and you talked about how it's essential um when we are um with with our athletes to be able to speak truth right and sometimes they may not see it and sometimes they may not realize it but if you do you speak it into their life until it does show up until they decide to believe in it and how i've done that in the past with my own athletes is when athletes are struggling with doing a skill that they know physically and mentally that they can do but at the same time they're struggling with it because of whatever is holding them back or whatever um, fears or process or even just lack of um, affirmation of the process that they have taken you know continuing to speak to them saying hey you are this person who's capable of doing this and down the road we're going to see it and then when it shows up and that person shows up doing those things you go back and remind them of the journey that they've taken to get there and that you have been telling them the whole time you've been the same person right you haven't changed like the person hasn't changed it's just your belief in this person started to show up and that's why you're able to be at this place now and continue to do that i'm going to walk alongside you and keep telling you the same thing guess what the next thing you're going to face I'm going to say the same thing because I already know, right? But at the on the flip side too, if they need to elevate and get somewhere else, you tell them that too. Hey, right now, you are not where I know you can be just because you are deciding to either not put it as much work in, you have certain attitudes or your commitment is lacking or whatever it is, or you just might be missing certain components like strength or a little bit more of shapes or endurance, whatever the case may be. And then you continue to encourage them to move forward, right? Instead of allowing them to settle saying, hey, you know what? I'm at this place and this is where I'm just going to stay forever. No, we're not staying here. We're going to keep progressing and we're going to keep moving forward, right? And I think that's super important to be able to do like you just said to your teams. And I think what Michaela Boogie has said um, is really, really crucial. I think actions speak a lot of times louder than words, right? Um, and we tend to follow what our peers do. Right. And so, um, in this age, like from middle school through college, right. They're super influential and super moldable. And it's important that we are as their leaders, teaching them how to be leaders properly, but also being the examples that they need to how to be proper leaders. Now, talking about that, I hear that recently you have decided to step down from your coaching position at Stout. Is that correct? It is. Now, what went into that decision and what is this new venture that you're now on? Yeah. So this really started, I'd say, about a year ago. Um, and I heard the quote from Johnny Can, and maybe it's that, like, sometimes you hear things uh, when you're ready to hear them, right? 
Um, so it's that most of us spend 20% of our time on what provides 80% of our value to the people that we serve, our family, those that we work with, right? Um, and that was me until age 43, meaning most of us spend 80% of our time on things that others might be better at, could be delegated, or probably should be more on the bottom of your to-do list. So this last year, I have really uh, flipped that. And um, each week I put down like a couple of big picture ideas or big picture items um, and put those at the top of my to-do list rather than you know, on the bottom of page two and you don't ever find time for them kind of a thing. And so I'm kind of old school PD. I keep a notebook, you know, and it's got tabs in it. Um, I put in there, uh, one of the tabs was like big picture idea stout and then just big picture ideas, um, personal and family. And I would, as I would think of them, I would jot them down and I'd put the next action item or two. And so uh, there was something that I kept thinking about for two months and I didn't do anything with it for two months because I uh, always thought I'd retire from UW-Stout. I like what I did um, and I didn't know how much I would want to travel. Uh, so I didn't do anything with it, but I kept waking up thinking about it, kept waking up thinking about it. So after two months, uh, I had decided to send one email. Um, and so I did to John Gordon who is the New York Times bestselling author of The Energy Bus, You Win in the Locker Room First, Power of a Positive Team, Training Camp, The Carpenter, et cetera. Um, and I think it said something like, uh, the subject was read me all capital letters, profound business idea for John Gordon. And then in the email, I took a picture of the 20 copies of The Energy Bus book uh, and, and I wrote in there, the year that our team won the first ever conference championship in school history, we read that book as a team. Um, and then I went on to describe like would any of the teams, and he's a speaker, he speaks to NFL, NCAA, SEC, a lot of big name teams. Um, but I put in there, would any of the teams that you serve benefit from a culture coach? And someone who is trained in observation as a licensed psychologist, and has worked in NCAA athletics for two decades to come in and do a minute by minute team culture observation, uh, and then to make championship culture recommendations for the team to improve their culture, get closer to this championship culture, and ultimately impact the win-loss record of their season. Blah, 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 send. Uh, and within 12 hours, his vice president, Marlowe, and uh, one other, Angela, had responded, and they loved the idea, um, and we had a call the next day, and the best advice that I was given was to do a pilot of it with three teams, and so I did, uh, and the first was uh, Adam Barda's Blizzard Baseball, and he's currently an associate scout for the Chicago White Sox. Uh, and I think it's the fifth ranked youth baseball program in the United States. Wow. So I did it uh, with four of his teams so far, and now they will keep me on uh, as a paid consultant. 
Um, and then the second was the University of Illinois gymnastics and uh, went down there in early January and observed both a practice and a meet. And so what it is, and I'm going on that, but what it is, it's really like uh, when I used to work as a psychologist in the school, I would go in and I would, if a student was referred for, they were um, struggling a little bit in school, or they were referred for special education, I'd go in and do two observations, random times, um, and, and then what you see should be pretty valid, but um, jot down every 30 seconds, were they on task or off task and what they were doing. So it's that detailed, but I watch the team. And I watched the sidelines and the dugout. And so um, Natalie Walsh's University of Illinois gymnastics was the second. Um, and then actually University of Wisconsin Stout men's basketball was the third. Uh, so uh, it's that, and then it's a team culture survey monkey. Um, and the coach can add questions to it. And then I meet with the team over Zoom often and go over it with them. And then it's um, continued consulting with the coach. But what it does is under the microscope, it shines a light on a team's uh, strengths and these areas and opportunities for growth. Yeah. Yeah. Now, how did how does this look like when you do this on a practical side? Like, what are some of the things that, you know, come out like and not you don't have to go into specific examples with certain um, of the uh, teams or anything that you did, but in general, uh, general, generally speaking, sorry, um, what would be some things that you would notice? Would you notice things like, you know, there's too much side conversations when the the coach is talking, or there isn't as much work done, or there's you know gossiping? Like, what are some of those things? Or in a good culture, like there's camaraderie, there's people who are attentive. Like, what did what are some of those things that you kind of look at or observe yeah and really you're observe i'm observing and documenting just everything like literally everything and um then the blind spots reveal themselves so some general things that um i've observed you know on a baseball team for example you know maybe one of their uh top players is the last one to start warming up you know, or might take the least amount of cuts, swings in the batting cage. Um, and then again, you know, sitting three seats over from the dugout, sitting watching the dugout the whole time for seven straight hours, um, you might notice an athlete uh, who's sitting way at the end of the dugout on his own. And then the next inning, he's sitting down at the other end of the dugout by himself. And, um, you know, maybe that occurs five innings in a row. And again, all out of love and no judgment. Um, and I think there's opportunities there. So in my opinion, when that athlete like gets more involved and um, physically puts themselves like in the middle of the team, um, it's going to take, they'll be more in the present moment uh, when they care about their teammates at bat as much as their own. It'll take the individual pressure off of their shoulders. And in fact, their own stats will improve, in my opinion. So, so that might be something. Um, other teams, it could be uh, some leadership development series. And so I recommend Jeff Jansen's leadership development books. And um, there's some opportunities there. So what are some of the results that, you, uh, that, that you've seen so far? Like, 
ones that you from your observations and some from the consulting that you've done from some of these teams? Have you seen any of these teams improve in their records or their scores or athletes uh, improve in their personal performances, anything like that? Yes. Yes. And that's what's been just jaw dropping, right? So um, I like my why is to inspire and improve the culture in athletics one team at a time. Um, and I just really feel like if these athletes are giving everything of themselves and spending, you know, 20, 30, 40 hours plus um, on their sport, that they should be able to experience this championship culture, right? Where relationships and results matter. And um, it's just like you can feel it in the air and that positive synergy, yeah. right? Um, and when teams improve their culture, yes, it impacts the win-loss record of their season, which is jaw-dropping to me, right? But um, so of the, and now we've worked with nine teams um, and a couple more have just signed on recently. Yeah. Um, but the teams that have used at least three of the culture recommendations, and it's really like brainstorming with the coach and even the team at times, um, but the teams that have used at least three of the championship culture recommendations have improved their winning percentage by 61% in the five following games. And in year two, uh, they've improved their winning percentage by 23% over the course of their entire season in year two. Wow. So it's pretty good. And yes, um, you know, things like strength of schedule and other things will impact that. Uh, but the coaches that we've worked with have attributed uh, some of their team's improvement to like these culture coaching. Yeah. Now, what yeah. impact does this also make on the coaches? Because are you also observing the coaches? Or are you only observing the team, like the players, the athletes themselves? Yeah, no, I, I just observe and document all of it. Um, yeah, and so at times it does give opportunities uh, for the coaches. And I would say the way that I describe it as I meet with these coaches is, you know, I'm going to throw out some out-of-the-box ideas for you and your team. And this process is designed for you to find your own right answers. So I trust that you'll figure that out. And some of these, will they'll think, uh, yes, that's, that's us and that's me and we need to hear this and we should try this and um, others might be out of the box and they'll they'll know that we're not ready for that right now or that's not right for my team right now yeah yeah now how do you like you know some coaches respond to some of your feedbacks especially if it's directed towards them because I think in doing this sometimes if you know they're going to have you come in they want to know one, you probably know what you're talking about. Two, if you're going to expose me, I may not want you in because sometimes that's not something we want, right? To be able to be exposed and feel like, hey, maybe I'm not the problem. I, I brought you in or I'm bringing you in to look at my team, not me. So how do you handle that if you've had to handle that? I have, yes. And I can tell you, um, I met with a coach in the Big 12 who uh, they now signed on for the Premier Culture Coaching Package. Um, but just like leaning into those hard conversations, you know, and, and because I don't think that they bring me in to be a yes woman, you know, they bring me in to help them, 
right? And walk alongside of them and help them find their own right answers. And I think it's like such a changing dynamic in athletics and NCAA athletics in 2023. So what worked four years ago and five years ago, um, many of our athletes want to be led differently right now. Um, so I, I have, and then it's just building that trust, you know, that um, the feedback only goes back to the head coach. And I only share, uh, you know, lessons or stories with other coaches when that coach has given me the, the approval and the okay to do so, right? But other than that, it just needs to stay like confidential with that team and yeah. Now, do you work with individuals on some of these teams, like on a one-to-one -one basis? And if you do, is that a coach's recommendation of the program that you're working with? Or is that something where the athlete will come up to you and say, hey, Becky, I want to learn a little bit more about what you're doing on an individual basis and be able to apply more of these principles that you have been sharing and are working with our team with on a personal level? Um, so I do work a little bit one-on-one -on -one with individuals. It hasn't been yet with any of the teams that I've culture coached. Um, I anticipate that that will occur in the future. Um, but in my position at UW-Stout the last three years, I became the mental health liaison for athletics. And so through that role, I did get to work with some individual athletes, you know, golf, basketball, uh, baseball, softball, track, et cetera, um, where they'd come into my office and we'd work through. And, and then that was um, more, you know, walking alongside of them if they had something going on personally in their life or, you know, were feeling anxious about something. But then in addition, it was like mental edge skills and lessons and some of that sports psychology. Um, so now I uh, will take like a max of two individuals. I kind of, I have two speeds, PD, and it's like uh, 100 and zero. And, and I really like think about these athletes and these teams, you know, more than when I'm there. Um, so, so yeah, I, I feel fortunate to still serve a couple of athletes more through like mental edge training. Yeah. Now is your target, you know, athletic groups, um, specific to just certain, um, sorry, hold on one second. Let me pause this. All right. So, um, all right. So what, uh, what I was asking, um, the last question I asked was, um, are you only working with like certain, certain athletic groups or like athletic teams? Is that like, do you target only gymnastics or baseball or is it all sports and is it across different levels? So like you're saying the club baseball team, like do you work with club gymnastics teams or club soccer teams, professional teams, collegiate teams? What is the range that you work with? Yeah, I'm open to working with any of the teams. Uh, yeah, across all sports, really up. Like what I feel like my greatest gift is, is observing the body language, behaviors, words, actions, documenting that. And this type of minute by minute observation doesn't exist yet in athletics, um, but no, across, uh, I think it'll be mostly college. I've done some minor league uh, professional um, and, and we'll continue with the blizzard baseball, which is youth. So really across. I run the Minnesota Blizzard baseball program. We just celebrated our 20th year. And one of the special things that's happened 
this year is that I had a chance to uh, be a part of Becky Bolio in her culture coaching. And with the amount of teams that the Blizzard program has, um, what's really important to me is that we have coaches that impact kids' lives uh, as well as develop them on the field. And, you know, for a business owner and a head coach, there's just times where I can't get to everybody. And it's really important to me that we have guys in our program, coaches in our program, um, that can teach the game, but then also uh, be a part of the kids' lives and lead them uh, off the field as well. Uh, having Becky do an assessment and working with our coaches has been just a lifesaver for me because it's really allowed me to almost have two bosses on the field. Uh, I, I can be on one field and um, Becky can be with some other coaches observing and training and be a part of uh, what they do. And it's something that after 20 years, we're always looking to get uh, better, not necessarily bigger. And the quality of product that I'm looking to put out has just been improved after 20 years because of what Becky's done for us. So if anybody's looking to be a part of improving their coaching staff, I would highly recommend Becky and her staff and her company. Yeah, awesome. the, the age range and all sports. Very good. Because I know, at least on you know this platform where it could reach out to a lot of gymnastics um, clubs, uh, especially clubs, um, even some colleges, but um, I think especially clubs, you know, if there's people who are like, hey, I want to change the culture within my own gymnastics team, you know, owners or head coaches of programs and being able to come in and say, hey, Becky, can you come and do a observation of our program and tell us what things that you see and what things we can implement? So then when they get to those college levels, they already have somewhat of a base that they could either introduce or bring to their teams. And it has like that trickle effect, right? where yeah. what, what you've done has affected a club, which now those kids go and affect the universities or their teams that they're going to be on and so on and so forth. And then this um, culture, right, um, becomes something that really grows across the country um, just from doing those types of things. So at, from what I hear is that's something that you're willing to do. Of course. Very so club coaches, if you're interested, I will leave all her information and how to reach out to her. I think that's something that is super important. I know we talk about this in our own gyms all the time or amongst other coaches about having culture within a, a healthy culture within our teams, but also one that really challenges our athletes, challenges them to be able to grow as people, to grow in the sport and to learn how to be able to become better. And I think this is one area actually one of two areas that I feel are missing in gymnastics is us as coaches aren't always, we don't have degrees in psychology, but yet a lot of the times that is something that we're dealing with and having to deal with, but we may not be equipped to understand how to properly handle things and having someone like Becky come into your program and be able to help you with that and to teach, you know, you you and teach your teams and your coaches and your owners how to be able to create healthy culture so that your athletes have a great experience and are able to meet their goals besides gymnastics, um, I think is very important. So Becky, I, I appreciate your time and being here and talking about what you do. Um, what is the name of your um, new venture and your now business and what you do? Yeah, so it's Championship Culture Coach, 
and the website is .com, and it is live as of last Friday. Yes. And is it easiest to just go on that website and be able to just fill it, fill it out and, and you know, set up a booking or com consultation, anything like that? Yeah, there is a single session culture consultation option, um, like a one hour. And that's something that I think any team or business owner can afford. Uh, and then we are going to take on 15 teams in 23-24 and 15 teams in 24-25. Um, so there's different culture coaching packages to just show up and serve them. But no, I feel just excited to serve more teams. It feels like uh, this is what I'm supposed to do. And yeah. Very cool. No, I think this is awesome. Um, I think this aligns similar to what I, I'm doing in regards to the, the mission and the purpose, um, because he um, performance really is an acronym and heat stands for helping equip athletes to transform, which is exactly what I feel like you're trying to do is helping athletes or people to try to transform into a uh, championship culture mindset and, you know, culture of how they do things. And in these conversations of heated conversations, which really is clickbait so that you guys can view, um, is to, have, you know, these type of conversations, some of them may have disagreements, right? And, you know, as you had mentioned, sometimes you may have that when you're doing these consultations and, you know, telling people kind of what areas they need to grow in, but also, you know, having these um, healthy conversations. And that's what it's about. I think that's what's going to move the needle forward is having healthy conversations, but also finding healthy solutions, you know, and some of them may not be where we agree. We may agree to disagree. We, we may disagree to disagree, We whatever the case may be. But again, having these conversations, finding ways for us to be able to um, either share with each other other options to be able to help, but also areas that we can grow in and ways that we can grow so that we have multiple options because not everybody's the same. Not every culture is the same. Not every team. You could go to the to the Midwest, you can go out east, go out uh, west. You can go down south and find different cultures within how people operate and understanding, hey, how to be able to operate in those spheres or even when you're moving from one to the other, especially with college gymnastics or college sports, sorry, because you have kids who are coming from everywhere, different cultures, but yet you have one goal and one mission that you have. And how do you get all those people on that same path? Yeah. So. Yeah. And, and is, is it working for you? Or what is working for you? You know, and if it's not, is it time to, um, you know, rethink, I love that word rethink, but just rethink the mission or the vision or the values. But I think so often in sports PD, the goal is to win, win, win. Right. And I love to win just as much as anyone else. Like if I'm playing rock, paper, scissors against you, I want to beat you. Right. Yeah. But, um, if the goal is only win, then we likely have this competitive culture, which often uh, the athletes are really um, competing against each other, right? Yeah. Um, versus if the goal is for them to experience this championship culture, um, because they're worthy of that, right? They're worthy of walking in and being able to feel that synergy. And then the byproduct is winning. That's a pretty great thing, right? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. So it to me, it's really about like 
people and groups of people that want to do something big together and move together in the same direction. Yeah, I love it. I love it. Well, thank you again, Becky, for being on and talking about uh, Championship Culture Coach and what you're doing and how that has um, been a new venture for you. Is there anything that you want to leave with the listeners or the viewers? Um, you know what I was thinking about that is I thought you might ask that question. Um, I'll, there's maybe two more like topics that I think are hot topics in athletics in 2023. So maybe I'll leave them with those. Um, one of which is like what's working in athletics in 2023 or what's not. Should I pause? Um, you can keep going. I'll just. Okay. Um, what's working in athletics in 2023 or what's not? Uh, I think some athletes in 2023, um, they may check out a little bit when, when coaches consistently talk about um, this is what's best for the team. You need to do what's best for the team. I think they may check out a little bit or you may feel a little resistance. Um, so in my opinion, uh, what we're hearing is it works a lot better like that they deserve to feel this. They deserve to, um, you know, get to be a part of that team. They're worthy of high standards. And, and when it's uh, best for them to do that, that will also help the team. So yeah. we're hearing that that works a lot better in 2023. Um, the other thing I would leave your viewers with that is a hot topic right now is leadership and captains versus a leadership team versus no set de uh, designated <laughs> leaders. Um, and again, what we're hearing that's working in 2023 uh, is letting natural leaders emerge and um, along with paired with some leadership development uh, books and lessons, you know, whether that's twice a month, is, if that's what the coach has time for, um, but letting natural leaders emerge and ebb and flow um, as well as uh, more of a leadership team. And we talked to a, a good Division II football team and a good, uh, actually a national championship men's basketball team in the last couple of years, but they had things like culture captains or culture ambassadors. And, you know, there's two from each class, but those seem to be the things that are working. What's not working is the old uh, traditional top-down senior-led team. Uh, doesn't seem to be working as often in 2023. It, it tends to create division amongst the classes. Yeah, so um, I would leave leave you with that. But I, I would say if it's working for you, keep doing it. Yeah. Yeah. No, sounds good. Well, thank you. Thank you so much for all those um, things, Becky. We really appreciate that. Um, and viewers and listeners, I think it's super important that we're able to get to a place where we really learn about our teams and really learn about who we are and the best ways for us to be cohesive and to move forward, to be able to have a great mindset and be able to have a great work ethic in whatever you do and cohesiveness to be able to move towards one mission. And in that one mission, everybody wins when everybody buys in. And that's the goal is to be able to have everybody buy in, everybody win. And just like some of the kids say, everybody eats. And so Thank you again, Becky, for joining us. And thank you, everybody, for uh, tuning in to another episode of Heated Conversations. Have a great one. See you on the next one. Thanks, Petey.